Today's episode of the Gold Cast is sponsored by your picks from last week. Johnny Dells was on the show. If you haven't heard that show, I you must be living under a Gold Cast rock because it was a huge episode. Our main man, our buddy, our dude, Johnny Dells from Johnny Dells Football Academy was on the show. Johnny Dell was on, and we were going over recapping the Saints. 49ers game but we were so into it and it was such a great episode we never got to our predictions so this week we're going to go over in this episode we're going to go over your predictions and see how close people were but Ray before we get started real quick how great was it to have Johnny back on the show it was great it was great because I could participate for the first time so and that won't be the last time that Johnny's on the show he's a friend of the show and he's a huge fan like the rest of us and we certainly love to hear his insight especially at the way things are going this season in particular for obvious reasons but um that definitely won't be the last time you guys hear of johnny dell within this season alone but uh yeah but yeah that was awesome it was it was great to get you both uh onto the onto the gold cast at the same time and again as we've said many times if you haven't checked him out check out johnny dell's football academy on youtube it's literally he breaks down all the tape from uh, the previous 49er games and then often is starting to do a lot of preview episodes too as to what he thinks is going to happen, what the 49ers need to do to win the following games. And so just really, really fun stuff. And an excellent... It's great. Yeah. Yeah, his his X and O's knowledge is really the part that stands out that gets me because there's other YouTubers that do similar things to footage for other teams and such. But to me... When I watch Johnny Dells, I feel that it's the closest to the NFL versions that you see. Um, I forget the guy's name, but there's a guy, NFL guy that does them all the time. They're they're like a, a fraction of the time of Johnny Dells. They're really short, so I like that we get a longer breath of it. And of course, it's centralized around our team, the, our beloved 49ers. So that's great. But it's it's similar quality because Johnny knows all of the names of the routes. He knows who's assigned to each route. He knows um, all of the, and so he he, could, he breaks down all of those little nuances in the game that are very complicated and can't be deciphered from just watching. You really do have to study and learn the terminology from a multitude of sources. And Johnny is an enthusiast that has taken the time to figure all that out and to put it all together in a very nice, high quality package using coaches' film. So it's 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 up there. It's definitely an excellent compliment to the gold cast. You you watch his footage, listen to the gold cast, boom, you got all your 49ers for the week, baby. Brian Baldinger, that's who it is. Brian Baldinger does some great little snippets. He does like all the games, but to me, I feel like Johnny Dell's like he's right he's right there. It's it's the same thing, only the the enthusiasm and the credentials are are just different. You know, we come from he Brian Baldinger's a former player who works for the NFL. Johnny Dells is an independent sports enthusiast who loves the 49ers and just focuses on them. Exactly. But yeah, it was a great show. Uh, But we will be revealing your predictions because we want to get those in before the week ends. But Raymond, before we get started, why don't you let them know, where can they find us? You can like us on Facebook.com slash The Goldcast, and you can also follow us on Apple Podcasts. I almost said iTunes, YouTube, and Stitcher <laughs> under the same moniker of the Goldcast. Like, subscribe, and comment, especially on YouTube, because that's where we have the most interactions. And if you want to get notified when we go live, 
you want to be sure to click that bell so that you get notified when we come up live that you can stay on top of all the podcasts, especially the way the sequence of order they come out during the week. It really is intentional, and there is a schedule there where we have games that come out that have reactions to the games, and then we also have a preview of the, the previous game, and then we also have, you know, and then we have the, the fun evergreen stuff in between. Yeah, you know, the, the Wednesday, as, you, as some of you have noticed, sometimes we release a Wednesday video, sometimes we don't. Nine out of ten times Candlestick Will is on our Wednesday episode. We just released the top four top 11 49er players of our time we just debuted our brand new podcast it's the brainchild of candlestick will and in it we debated who the top 11 greatest 49er players are of all time and raymond had a list i had a list candlestick will had a list and then we revealed for the first time in real time right on the pod each of our lists and so if you haven't gone to that episode go to youtube.com slash the check it out and then in the comments drop us your list top 11 it could be anybody so you can drop anyone you could drop coaches front office so gms i mean anybody is up for grabs ownership eddie d anyone's up for grabs in this list and so that caveat really really change some things and put some things in the mix and I, and everyone's everyone's three through one ray i thought was was pretty good and uh definitely revealing because we had some stark contrasts in our three through ones but nobody's three through one it was arguable i believe every three through one was completely defendable and even though in some places were completely different i thought all were justified what did you think pretty much the same thing it was hard to you know the the top five I like had no rebuttal for, and I, it would only be it would almost be considered forty nine er blasphemy to do so. You know, five and ten was was five through eleven was more like the fun the fun list. I think for a lot of us, you know, and we all had reasons behind what how the the what those meant and how how we came to the conclusion of their their order. So I think that one was had a little bit more room for discussion. But yeah, definitely the uh, the top groups, I don't think anyone was wrong by any stretch. Me neither. I completely agree with all of them, even though they were vastly different in certain perspectives. Just kind of came down to the subjectivity of what you deemed was top three and why. But all three, I was like, yep, yep, that's right. That's right. Yep, yours is right. Yours is right. Mine's right. Yep, absolutely. All right, Raymond, let's get it to the show. Before we get started, why don't you let them know where can they find... Oh, wait, you already did that. <laughs> Raymond, where can they find you? I'm on Twitter at Ray Solis and on Instagram at Ray Solis one. And I'm on Instagram at Rudy Solis three and Twitter at Rudy Solis three R D. All right, here we go. We are going, this is of course, it's our preview Fridays episode. We always record it late Thursday night. We are going to be discussing Falcons coming into Levi stadium to play the 49ers in what is again another must win for a banged up 49ers as we try and hold on to this one seed through the next three weeks so the last three weeks folks it was about the playoff dress rehearsal that is done the 49ers have conquered they have proven and established themselves as one of if not possibly the best team in the nfl but now the next three weeks 
is about playoff seeding and positioning. It's about holding on to the one seed. We're going to break down all the action. But first, of course, as always, the greatest podcast intro in the game. Classes in session. Let's go. San Francisco, are you ready? This is the Gold Cast. Boom! Welcome to another edition of the Gold Cast. We are the voice of the Bay. I'm your host, Rudy Salisa III, and with me is my brother, my co-host. Raymond Salisa first, baby. Boom. All right, Raymond. So let's get into this. This is quite an epic run here. This is quite, 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 quite an epic run. We just got went through the gauntlet where we... We're told we weren't going to make it out of the next three weeks. We were going to lose. No one had ever faced three teams with a win percentage of over 800 three weeks in a row this late into the season in the Super Bowl era. The hardest three-week schedule ever unleashed onto a team. No one believed in us. Most people had us going 0-3, saying we were pretenders, saying we couldn't handle it. We finished the gauntlet 2-1, and one, losing to the Baltimore Ravens by only eight fraction of points three points and now we come home and who's waiting for us the Atlanta Falcons now the Atlanta Falcons have had a pretty rough season you got Dan Quinn over there as the head coach most likely I would assume is probably going to be released at the end of this year and the Falcons you think you think he gets fired you know the Falcons are not a real knee-jerk reaction team like that any other team, probably. I'd they say slow play it, for sure. They do. Um, they've shown flashes this year. I don't really pay attention to the Atlanta Falcons. Um, like, how they're doing is like, you know, I don't know what the the real keys to their season. Was it injuries? You know, was I don't, it... I, I don't, I don't subscribe to the Dirty Bird cast either. <laughs> I, was, I was trying to figure out the name. <laughs> yeah, the Dirty Bird cast. If you want to know, go to the Dirty Bird cast. Um, and th- for all Falcons' insights as to what's gone on this season. But this is this is a team that has underperformed all year, a, a, a team that I saw in many analysts' uh, early season predictions as going number one uh, in their division, and clearly it has not gone that way. The This is a team that really the last time they performed this well, they performed at the top of their game, Ray, was when a Kyle Shanahan coach was the offensive coordinator. And even that season, largely the success of that season was placed on Kyle Shanahan. It wasn't on Dan Quinn. Everyone was talking about the offensive coordination of Kyle Shanahan and what he was doing with Matt Ryan and Tevin Coleman and Julio Jones and how successful they were. It really was falling on his shoulders. It wasn't really falling on the shoulders of Dan Quinn. And now that... Shanahan is gone. You fast forward to two and a half years later. The Falcons have never reached those heights again. And now the 49ers are arguably the best team in football. Definitely the best team in the NFC. I think we're the best team in football. What do you think, Ray? Do you think we're the best team in football? I think so. And I think there's, I think we're the most well-rounded and well-balanced team. We're, we're, we're top in the NFL in in every a grouping, meaning offense, defense, and special teams, 
and we're top five, if not top ten, in most categories at, at key positions and key groupings as well. I think we're we're top five in special teams coverage teams. I think kicking we've been a little inconsistent. You know, there's definitely a game. You know, there's a couple games that we lost because of kicking. So it, you know, you could look to that. But there was also some defense and offensive plays that contributed to those losses too. It wasn't just didn't just fall on kicking. But I mean it's hard to be the point is it's hard to be perfect in the NFL, even when you are really, really good. So, uh, but I think, yeah, I think we're well run. I know some people argued, argued the saints up until the last week's game, but the saints were in that one. So I, I think there was, you know, give some credit to that analysis. There was, if you're a saints fan, if you're, if you're part of the, uh, the new Orleans cast, or, the, it's, or the, the, it's the cast, Houdat cast. The yeah. Houdat if you're cast. part of the Houdat cast crew, then, you know, you certainly were believers of them before that week and certainly felt like you had a chance in that game. I, that, that's how we feel on this end against Seattle and Baltimore. So, I, I mean, if you there, if but, you left, if you left, let's say you've just finished listening to the Houdat cast and you're sitting there and you and you're looking at the mirror and you go, you know what? I think that I think that game against the 49ers proved we're the best team in the NFC. OK, I mean, you're wrong, but OK, I think it's fair. Yeah. I think it's fair. And, you know, I don't know, you know, I obviously Baltimore fans think differently of the Ravens because, you know, Lamar has done, has been really successful against top teams in the NFL. They just, they just beat the Buffalo Bills. They're a nine and four team. That's not an easy thing. They blew out New England. They beat us. They beat Seattle. So all of the teams, you know, we, we, we were two and two in that stretch. We dominated Green Bay and we shot out the Saints, but we came up short by a player two in Seattle and Baltimore. So we're two and two in those contests. Although there was some other 500 and above 500 teams that we beat along the way, Carolina, who's not so great now and Cleveland, who's been up and down this year as well, but was at, and the Rams. at the time that we played them and the Rams too. The Rams were over 500 when we played them too. So three teams. So we're, you know, you could say uh, five and five and two in that stretch and Baltimore lost to, Cleveland and they lost to I forget who was the other team that they lost to. It doesn't matter. You gotta go to the whatever that cast is. The the po, the Poe cast. The the Poe the you know, I because Edgar Allan Poe, the Raven Poe. <laughs> Pretty sure that's what it's called. That's uh that's quite a that's quite a I might be stretching it, but hey, I'm not the founder of that cast. So I didn't come up with you didn't come up with the name. You, you know, we we just report the news. We don't make the news here. Yeah, yeah. So, but yeah, I think we're definitely the most well-rounded uh, team. Although this week's matchup, I think, is not going to be any easier on the defensive side. But we're we still obviously, I think, there's a lot of reason to be optimistic about this matchup. I think so too. Let's go through our key numbers. Let's go through what you and I love love to just break down first. So first of all. Looking at the numbers after last week, the 49ers are still ranking second in the NFL with an average of 30.5 points per game on offense. Slipped a little bit defensively. We're third defensively in the league with allowing 17.6 points allowed. It went from 15 to 17. Not a big difference there. The the Falcons, on the other hand, are 14th. Offensively, they're ranked 14th on offense, 23.1 points per game, 26 defensively. Oh, this is when it really, you really see 
the numbers. They allow 26.4 points per game. I mean, that just walks right into San Francisco's hands. The Vegas has us as 10.5 favorites, favorites by 10.5 points, and the over-under is 48.5. So they expect us to dominate. Now, Raymond, I haven't said this in a couple weeks. I haven't said this actually at all since the playoff gauntlet that the 49ers are went through the NFL. But this this is actually a tough game to win. And I know that sounds really silly, but let's talk about it. We just went through the emotional high of a very intense game in New Orleans. A brutal, brutal three-week run. I mean, just getting at it. The 49ers are pretty banged up. This has all the makings of a trap game. It does. It really does. And quick shout-out to John Niner 8, Niner by Nature 88, Andy Laird, Saddlebag. All you guys chimed in to give predictions of 34 to 17, 35 to 20, 34, 24, 35, 23. Nobody was right last week. We were all off by large margins on both sides. Both, both I said 31, but 21. What did you say? I think I thought I thought it was going to be a blowout. I thought it was going to be like 33 to 3 or something like that. No, I think it was like 33, 14 or something. You said something or like 33, that. Or 33, 13. Something yeah, like that. something yeah. like that. Yeah, I was way off. I was Samsonite. I was way off. Yeah, I, I it didn't uh, it didn't work out too well for anybody last week. But we we all got the prediction of the team right. We all that that's the main thing, right? We got the W. It's not how it happened. It's the fact that it ended in a W that matters most. So shout out to the Goldcast crew for that. But the first thing you know we got to look at is the health of these two teams uh, as as we are coming accustomed to learning. You know this this stage of the football regular season is starting to take its toll, not just on everybody, as we pointed out in the end of last week's cast with Johnny Dell. It's that all teams are going through, you know, a litany of injuries, whether it be IR or week to week or something nagging and lingering that just keeps a player from playing at a hundred percent. Even the stars are injured. We just lost DJ Jones, our nose tackle. He's going to go on IR with uh, with the high ankle sprain that's supposed to be very significant. So that's really, really tough. Contavious Street is likely to come in and fill his role, per Matt Mayoko on Twitter. And, you know, I I hear he's ready to play. That's that's the uh, That's been the news about... about Contavious Street, whether he'll be able to perform and take over and keep us going at the same clip that we were going with DJ Jones remains to be seen. He says, quote, I could run through a wall right now. So that's obviously encouraging. Clearly he's got, you know, the fires there. We'll just have to see if the fire can translate from his from his heart to his body and performance. But Richard Sherman, he's been dealing with a hamstring injury. We know D Ford is going to be out for several weeks we probably won't see him to the playoffs although Richard Sherman was striding it out and appeared to be moving well while rehabbing on the 49ers practice field this afternoon so I don't I still don't think he plays this week but I you know that's encouraging as far as rehabilitation goes I think he's a he's a different kind of beast when it comes to rehabbing he's just one of those special top tier players that just is very good about recovering even though he's kind of hitting this stride in his career where the injuries are starting to pile up a little bit more frequently than usual. But I think that uh, either way, I think he'll be back 
probably sooner rather than later. I think he he was scheduled to miss two weeks. I think he'll be back next week if he doesn't play this week. And, you know, that was kind of the big one. Matt Breed is healthy. Kyle Juszczyk is healthy. I think he's in, I think he's got to do some final concussion protocol stuff, but I'm pretty sure he's going to play. He was fine at the game. You know, Kendrick Bourne's in there. Debo Samuel's in there. Emmanuel Sanders is 100%. So all of our other people are, right now it's the defense that's now suffering through some injuries right now. On the Atlanta side, Calvin Ridley, as I pointed out last week, he's done for the year. So he's gone. Julio Jones is dealing with a shoulder injury. He was limited in practice today. So we know that that's an issue. We know Sherrod Niesman, the safety, he was limited today with a shoulder injury. Wes Schweitzer, the guard, he was limited with shoulder injury today. Devontae Freeman, the outstanding back who came back from injury, who's been a shell of himself all year long. He was dealing with a knee injury, did not practice today. Isaiah Oliver, the cornerback, shoulder, didn't play today. Devondre Campbell, linebacker, calf, did not play today. Ty Sambrello, tackle, hamstring, did not play today. James Carpenter, guard, that's three offensive linemen, concussion protocol, didn't play today. Alan Bailey, defensive end, personal matter, he'll be there Sunday. And Adrian Claiborne, defensive end, dealing with a back issue, he did not practice today. That is a huge, huge list. Garrett Sellett it was on the injury list today, but he's been a non-factor all year. That's not going to impact us the same way that other players are. DeFord's been missing for a couple games, and our, our defensive pass rush has not been what it has been, at least, especially last week. So I expect that to. I expect the other three guys to pick up pace and kind of just pick up the slack there. DJ Jones, we know he's gone. Dante Pettis has been dealing with a knee. knee. He hasn't played, but he's been a non-factor most of this season. Richard Sherman most likely won't play. Joukowsky Tart is dealing with ribs. He most likely won't play. Julian Taylor's got an elbow. He didn't practice today. And Kawan Williams is in concussion protocol. I am definitely going to take an easy, what I think is an easy bet to say that he will be back in time to play, which is big. Because so I feel pretty confident about the back end because even though Sherman's not there, Emmanuel Mosey's been playing excellent all year. Witherspoon looks like he's picked up right where he left off, which is what I was hoping for. And Kawan William, Williams has been playing a Pro Bowl level all year long. So we still have three solid players in the back end. Joukowsky Tart's a big one because we saw Harris really take bad angles, as Johnny Dales pointed out last week, that really hurt him in the run game, that hurt him in shutting down some of the explosives last week, that Tart is so good at at, at keeping keeping them keeping the opponents at bay. He's so good at those angles and just we just don't have that with him. But hopefully the play is elevated from the tape. You know what you did wrong. You haven't played all year, so it's not easy to come in and play late in the season for a team that's making a playoff push and just be expected to pick up where the starter left off. I, I get that. So hopefully the tape and the practice and the reps will all prepare him to, you know, play better this week. But we still got we're gonna get Kalan Williams back. And we're, we're, we still have all of our other corners there that have been playing good. So I feel pretty good about that back end. I do miss, I think that D Ford is a tremendous compliment to Nick Bosa off the snap because he's so fast and he's actually slightly faster than Nick Bosa. I think he has the quickest uh, step, first step in the NFL. At least that's how it was last year. I think the numbers are down this year just because he's kind of been in and out of the lineup and he's played less snaps to try to preserve his health, which is now an issue. But um, I think, you know, I think there's still enough talent on that line to keep us afloat. Thomas is obviously not the third round pick we had hoped him to be, but he's still a solid presence there. He, he's good at stopping the run. He's got a, a constant motor that'll keep going after the play, regardless of when it's gotten. He's actually got decent speed for his size. 
He's he's a little bit shorter than some of our other guys, so that allows him to have a little bit more quicker feet, especially when he's got to pursue some of these running backs. And I don't, I don't think Devontae Freeman really poses the same threat that he used to back in the day. And he's going to get in, you know, the lion's share of running back receptions and running back handoffs. So I I don't I think that's an easy one to work with. He's been a non-factor most of the year, although he's been pretty good for on my fantasy team. I must say, fantasy wise, <laughs> he's been he's 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 not been bad. But that's what I'm that's that's the health so far. You know, I, I, that's, that's where we're at right now. I, I think, but I think there's enough there to still feel really good about our chances this week. Absolutely. You should 100%, 100% be confident in our ability to win this game. We're the best, we're the best team in the NFL. We're the best team in the NFC. This is a garbage Atlanta Falcons team that has not played to their potential all season long. And I think without a shadow of a doubt, we can win this, but that's why it's called a trap game. Right. Because we're supposed to win. We're supposed to win. We're just, we've had a crazy three weeks. And we're at home. And we're at home. Coming off that that big high. Falcons got nothing to win. Back against their walls. Revenge game. Shanahan versus Dan Quinn. Shanahan versus Atlanta. I mean, this is, you know, this is a team that historically the 49ers have really had their number in key matchups this past decade. Not that this kind of stuff carries over, but this is the stuff they're going to talk about. You know, the last big game, last two big games we played against them, what were they? They were the pick of the stick, Candlestick Will, uh, uh, Candlestick Will, <laughs> Candlestick Park, <laughs> Candlestick Park, <laughs> Navarro. Candlestick Will was there. <laughs> Candlestick Will was there. Uh, <laughs> Navarro Bowman with the pick at the stick to, to, to ice the game. We face them in the NFC Championship to get to to our sixth Super Bowl appearance. We had to defeat Atlanta in Atlanta. And so this is a team that historically on the big nights we've had. And they lose their offensive coordinator. He comes to the 49ers. The Falcons have been kind of in a really inconsistent and a little bit of a free fall as of late ever since he left. And now you see the 49ers go the opposite direction with their old offensive coordinator. And they're still here with Dan Quinn. And so there's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of energy in a lot of different, a lot of different places for the Falcons, a lot of reason for the Falcons. They can come in, play spoiler, you know? And so there's a lot riding on the Falcons. There's a lot of motivation, I should say, for the Falcons to win this game. Now, on the Niners side, this remember, this next 3 weeks, first 3 weeks, what do we have? We had the playoff dress rehearsal. What is this 3 weeks? It's about playoff, it's about positioning and seeding, right? This is about keeping the one seed. That's what the next 3 weeks are. Hold the one seed, maintain the one. And as you said, I don't really care. The Niners are really good, but all I really care about, I care about two things, and this is why this is a must-win for the 49ers. This is why the 49ers must win this game, Raymond. They have to win this game because the number one seed gives them two things, and you've talked about it a lot on the Gold Cast. It gives them two weeks, one week of rest, two weeks to prepare. And that's what we want. We want one week of rest, two weeks to prepare. I mean, technically, it gives you, I mean, over 10 days, really. I mean, you, you get a lot of rest. But one week to rest, two weeks to prepare for the divisional round. That's what we're looking for. That's what the 49ers need. That's why this is a must win. We've got to win out for now through the next three weeks to maintain the one. Protect the one seed. That's got to be the new, that's the new hashtag. I'm going to start putting that everywhere. Protect the one seed. That's what the 49ers have got to do. And we can't allow a team 
like the Falcons, who, as we've already seen this season, are capable of playing great games. They're cap- When they play to their potential, they can beat anybody on any given Sunday. We can't let this be the trap game that it could be. We can't let this team come into town and run us out of our own field. Now, if this was that kind of game, the, the Falcons would, they would, you know, it, they would, they'd only win by three or four or five. Vegas has this by 10. That might be a little optimistic, but I, that's just, you know, that's just, I'm just saying, no matter what, the 49ers have to protect the one seed. We have to make sure that they do. And and this team's not playing for anything. They've already been mathematically eliminated from the playoff hunt. So they've got that nothing to lose attitude, the same attitude that we had in the five game win streak when we first traded for Jimmy Garoppolo in 2017. I think that that obviously contributed to the success we had in that late season run. But the Panthers are a team that are capable of, you know, delivering blows with other teams late in the season here just because, you know, there's you got nothing to lose. There's there's no pressure. There's no pressure at all. There might be pressure on coaches and maybe some position players going forward. But as of right now, week to week, you know, it's just kind of I think some of those players that that's if if some of the if, if playing from a player's perspective, they're playing for a better contract or playing to salvage, you know, getting getting a better contract if, if you know, because Antonio Freeman's largely been uh, not been his Super Bowl run, running back self that he was in 2016 when he had Tevin Coleman sharing the load with him that clearly his absence is missed on that running rushing attack. But but yeah, to your point, I think, you know, this the trap game element is there. I just don't know if this team is good enough to take advantage of it. I don't know if they are, and I will I will yes and you and say the trap game element is there. I also don't know if this team is good enough to uh, take advantage of it. And here's my yes and. Kyle Shanahan has this team so dialed in. People don't really talk about, it's not just the play calling of Kyle Shanahan. It's the psychology that he puts in these guys. It's the kind of psychology that he puts in this team. He, he, he resets every Monday. Great win, awesome win, high five, game balls, celebrate on Sunday. And then Monday, it resets, and we're all the way back to zero again. And he has this team so dialed in. He's not just a great play caller. That would be a foolish thing to just say that's what he is. He is an excellent coach, and he understands how to lead these men into victory week in and week out. And these 49ers have done a great job every single week of resetting, going back to zero, and heading right into that next game like like. The last game didn't even happen. And so I think that's one of the huge differences here and one of the big big reasons we've avoided the trap game. I would say the only time we came close to that trap game was the Pittsburgh game. That was the only time in, uh, what was that? That was week three. Yeah, back in week three, that was the only time that the 49ers looked like they really almost fell into trap game issues. Outside of that, I really do believe this team will reset. They've already reset. And now it's it's on it's on to Atlanta at home. What do you think? I think so. I think the Arizona games were people also looked at those as potential trap games, but those are division games. And Arizona's not a terrible team. They're a team that's on the rise. They're like they're the you know Arizona's like us the past two years. You know, a team that's that's got some talent in key areas, but is is has more holes to fill to really because they've lost a lot of close games just like we lost a lot of close games leading up to this season and so if they solidify those holes correctly like our staff has then you know they're a team that could very much be in the race and make the west the best again but 
those are two games that I look at too as as games where people largely saw us as the superior team going against an inferior opponent, and both those games ended up being close. Um, but at the same time, I don't think you can ignore the fact that it was Division Two. Division games are always tougher. I think I think Arizona is, despite the the difference in records, I think that Arizona is a, a better team than, than Atlanta. Absolutely, division games are always tough. They're younger. They've got they've got a higher ceiling, and Atlanta's kind of they've got a lot of old dogs on that team that you know you're going to have to start building to rebuilding that roster within the next few years. And it it already needs to be done. You know, the defense is not the same. 100%. 100%. So, Raymond, what are your final scores for the game? Well, I think the rushing attack is going to be, you know, Atlanta's bottom 10 in every statistical defensive category with the exception of run. They're middle of the road, so they're bottom half in the league. So I think the run game's going to have a lot of success. I think Raheem Mostert is going to get a lot of touches. Kyle Shanahan already alluded to the fact that he's earned it. Tevin Coleman's really struggled the past couple games, although he's still a key, you know, first and second down option that Kyle Shanahan likes to go to, while Brita and Raheem Mostert seem to be the back end and goal line guys. So I think that, again, it's going to be difficult for Atlanta to stop this state-of-the-art rushing attack and conversely that's going to open up a lot more play action pass a similar you know to a similar clip that we saw in in new orleans i don't think it'll equate to 46 points or 48 points but you know i think probably i think 35 is a safe bet against a team like this you know the defense is is hurting right now so there is a potential for perhaps the early half of this game to be kind of a shootout but maybe the second half kind of fizzles out because this is a four and nine team, you know, teams that are doing this struggling this bad in the year that have been eliminated from playoffs. You know, a lot of times they've only got enough talent to carry them through one or two quarters per game. So this is the type of team that I see really kind of falling off in terms of being competitive in the latter half of this game, just because they just don't have enough pieces to really keep them afloat defensively they they don't generate a lot of pressure they've only had 23 sacks all year conversely the offense has given up 41 sacks so they give up almost as much as we dish out so that's going to play right into our hands I think having zero sacks against Drew Brees and allowing him to give up 46 isn't sitting well if there's anyone who came out of that game not feeling good about you know any aspect of that game it's the defense as a whole you know, you got to feel good about the, the the getting the W and the positioning in the playoff picture, but you still, considering how consistent they've been all year long, there's nothing that feels good about giving up 46 points and not being able to sack Drew Brees once. So I think Matty Ice is going to get put on ice quite a bit. To me, this seems similar. I know that the Saints game seems similar to Green Bay, but I think this game also seems similar to Green Bay. In the fact that this opponent, I think, is just going to get eaten alive by the pass rush. They're going to wake back up. This is an opportunity for a bounce-back game. So I think defensively, that could be the case. And I think, uh, as a result, we're probably going to be with uh, the fact that our defense is kind of hurting in some areas. But I still think they're going to be able to do well. You know, there's a chance here. I would say, I think, 35-21 
Final score, 35-20. I'd say a field goal, yeah. I'd say 35-20, final score. So you say you you would you would actually say the Niners are I mean are going to they're they're not just going to cover they're going to go over they're going to they're going to drop their Vegas has them at ten you're putting them at probably winning more closer to fifteen. Yeah, I think two two touchdowns is where I see it. it's where I saw last week's game, but that didn't happen. But I think this team, even though it's got the trap game potential in there, I just think that this team this team does not falter has not faltered very often to inferior opponents all year long. You know, the like I mentioned, Arizona, that's a division game. It's going to be tough. The Rams are, are in this race at 8-5, and five, but I think they're a lot worse than their record. You know, that, that was a tough game for the first half, and then it trailed off. Arizona gave us a better fight than the Rams did. So, you know, the Rams are just a, a you know, a team, a sleeping giant ready, to, you know, waiting to wake up. The question is whether Cliff Kingsbury and that staff will be able to pull it off. We'll have to see in the next year or two. But you got to go to the Cardinal cast for more information. The Redbird cast. <laughs> yeah, on, on their trajectory. But I think, yeah, as far as, you know, the Falcons, I just think I just think we get back on track. I think defensively there's some holes there that are going to allow the Falcons to, you know, put some points on the board. I just think that most of that damage is going to be done in the first half versus the second half. Yeah, I agree with you. The Falcons capable of playing every now and then they're capable of playing 60 minutes of football. We talked about this a lot ad nauseum the last couple of seasons. The 49ers could not put together more than about 30 minutes of football. I completely forgot about this season because we're playing like 75 minutes of football in, in 60. It's incredible. But yeah, the Falcons, the Falcons are just as bad on the road as they are at home. Mm-hmm. The Falcons. Yeah, you're right. They, on average, they're going to give you about 30 minutes, maybe 35, you know, uh, sometimes 45. And very rarely on occasion, they'll give you 60. I think this week they do the same thing. You're probably right. They strike they strike hot in the beginning and then falter at the end. I do not have them winning by as much. I think the tra- the trap game mentality just comes in not because this team isn't dialed in. I think they're just a little exhausted. I, I also have the 49ers putting up 35 points, but I have the Falcons putting up about 26 points. I'm going to say 35-26 in favor of the 49ers. You get one more garbage time touchdown at the end to make it look like the Falcons did something, and we call it there. 35-26 in favor of the 49ers. Yeah, I think that Forrest Buckner causes Devontae Freeman to fumble at least once, and Matt Ryan's probably going to hit the turf at least four times in this one. And Falcons have, they've of their four wins, three of those are against their own division. They've only won one time outside of their division. This team does not do well against everybody else in the AFC and NFC outside of their division. And you have East Coast team traveling west. You know, I've been I was saying this when Green Bay was here. You know, those East Coast teams when they come to the the West Coast, it's so warm out here. It messes with the joints. It it, it messes their body up, the body chemistry. So warm and sunny and beautiful exactly. on this side. <laughs> if this if this was a division game, I would say, yeah, Falcons got a great chance. They actually have a a winning record uh and against their division there's three and two they're one and seven against everybody else there you go too warm on the west coast them east coast boys can't throw in the sun all right what say you Goldcast nation what is your final prediction for this game let us know in the comments section at youtube.com slash the gold cast don't forget 
to like, subscribe, add, share with a friend. Do us a favor. Go into Apple Podcasts and just hit the five-star buttons. Rate and review. Hit us five stars. That five stars gets the algorithm going up. We've had a hell of a season. The numbers are astronomical, but we want to keep going. Help us help make the gold cast bigger, better, and stronger. So like, subscribe, share, click five stars on Apple Podcasts. If you're not driving, if you're just working out, walking around, cleaning the dishes, watching TV, right now, grab your phone, pick it up, go to the Goldcast Podcast, scroll to the bottom, and hit five stars. Give Do that favor for us. We greatly appreciate it. Raymond, any final thoughts? Go Niners. I think we come out this weekend 12-2. and two. And Jimmy G, I think Jimmy G continues to perform at a high level. He's been one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL since the halfway mark. And I think he continues that clip. I don't think he's going to put up four or five touchdowns, but I think he's going to probably have three, three in the air or something like two in the air and two on the ground. Not, I don't mean two on the ground by his legs. I just mean we might run two in there and he might pass two in there. He might be two and two or three and one, something like that. All right. I like it. My final thoughts for the game. Go Niners. Protect the one seed. Last three weeks, playoff chess rehearsal. These three weeks, the next three weeks, you're going to hear me say it over and over again. Protect the one seed. So concludes another edition of the Gold Cast. We are the voice of the Bay. I'm your host, Rudy Salisa III. And with me is my brother, my co-host. Raymond Salisa First, baby. Boom! We'll see you next time. Same Gold Cast time. Same Gold Cast channel. This is...